Welcome to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and it is my mission to keep your creative spark alive, no matter how crazy your life gets. This podcast will teach you how to find the space to light your creative spark and fire up your creative side business. You can stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us on Instagram at Creative Spark Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my new course, The Creative Funnel Formula. If you've been wanting to launch a creative business online, this nine-week course might just change your life. Head over to dominiquefowler.link forward slash course and enroll now. Classes start Monday, August 9. You are listening to episode 42 of the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Fowler, and today we're discussing designing your signature solution and specifically why creatives should really think about packaging your skills and creating some kind of signature program or method. People pay money to solve problems, and the more pressing the problem, the more valuable the solution. This is why t-shirts sell for $6 and weight loss programs cost hundreds. Rather than being known as the expert in your industry and having to compete with all the other so-called experts, by looking at where your skills, passions, and interests overlap, you can actually create a unique perspective or a unique framework or a unique point of view. And then this framework or point of view becomes the thing you're known for. And then there's no competition. The great news is even when there are multiple people sharing the same types of content and topics, if you've developed a signature method, that's what's going to set you apart. Everything you need to know about a topic, if you think about it, it's freely available on the internet. So as a result, information, that's not what people pay for anymore. It's the organization of that information, which is much more valuable. The problem is when it comes time to share what they know, most experts tend to overwhelm their audience with all of the knowledge that they've accumulated over the years. And it's really tempting to share everything that you know in the pursuit of giving your customers value when what they really want is results. They want the expert to guide them on the shortest path through the scary woods, and they don't need to know the history of every tree along the way. Now, my first course offerings were a disaster, and I'm a professional design educator, but I had so much knowledge in my head, and I just wanted to get it all out into the world, and I tried to give as much value as I could to my audience, so I shared everything. Now, disaster. It was more like a brain dump than a course, (laughs) and I soon realized that people just wanted results. They didn't want the information that I have to share. The funny thing is, I'm a university lecturer, and I've been teaching students for years. But the difference between a 12-week university course and a commercial online course is the students attending university, they've got to show up week after week, otherwise they fail to get their degree. And so they'll suffer through any amount of boring two-hour lectures every week, because it's part of the trials of being a university student. They'll suffer through theoretical assignments that make no sense to their daily lives, because they have to pass the course. If someone buys your online course, they're not there for a qualification. They bought the course because they got a problem and you've offered the solution. If your course is boring or it goes on for hours or it's overwhelming, they have all the freedom in the world to just stop watching your videos or participating in the coaching calls. Unfortunately, they might even ask for their money back. Take it from me. Teaching in a formal education setting, it's the polar opposite to teaching an online course. And I found this out the hard way. It's painful to cut back information to its leanest form. But I learned through trial and error that people pay for a pathway. They pay for you to guide them through quickly. And they pay for results and confidence in your structure. Even if they already know most of the content contained within the structure, they'll probably also pay for you to keep them accountable just to go through that course. 
If you overwhelm your audience or you fail to provide any structural context for this information you're laying on them, they're just going to disengage and not get results. Nobody buys courses with 157 modules unless they have to study for a certified test. Very few people will watch your two hours of video or read all 200 blog posts. Time and attention spans are growing shorter by the day, and people are searching for solutions to their problems. They're not searching for more information. Take it from me, more content is not the answer. A framework which makes sense of information and delivers a result is. Now, knowledge is power. It's true, but there's also something called information overload. If you share all of your knowledge on a topic without bringing order and organization to it, you're actually doing your audience a disservice. So by overwhelming someone with information, you're not providing value. So sometimes less is more when it comes to imparting knowledge. And that can really feel counterintuitive to someone with lots to share. Imagine the clarity you'd feel by packaging all your knowledge and expertise into a structured signature solution. Before you even start working with an audience, they know exactly what journey you'll be going on together and they've got a clear idea of the path you'll guide them on. The best way to do this is a visual framework because it gives your customers confidence in your method and it gives you something to be known for. A structured framework promises a measurable result and it keeps you on track when you're creating the content and the sales and marketing assets. Everything is built around your framework and then you can pin it on the wall and you can stop going around in circles. Now that you know the context of a signature framework, let's take a deeper dive into each of the steps involved in building out your signature method. Step one is to start with the end in mind. Every great speech, movie, book, or transformational experience, it was probably written with the end in mind. Before you start out on this journey, you need to define the measurable result that you're going to offer your customer, or they won't come along for the ride. Think of it this way, you're much less likely to get in the Uber if the driver can't promise he'll take you where you want to go in the shortest amount of time for a predictable amount of money. It's the same with any product or service that you're offering your audience. The promise of a destination and a promise that you'll get there is essential information for both of you before the Uber will even show up. It's the same with any product or service that you're offering your audience. It takes the promise of a destination to persuade a stranger to trust you to take them there. Step two is to craft your message. Now that you know what transformation or result you're going to be offering with your signature solution, it's time to actually craft the message that communicates it in a way that your audience finds appealing. It also helps to keep you on track when you're developing everything around it. Your transformation doesn't have to cover everything from A to Z on a topic. It's actually possible to move your audience from A to B and still bring about a valuable transformational result. In fact, because the journey is not huge and you're not giving them everything, they're more likely to get a result. Step three is to brain dump everything you know about this topic. I have no doubt that you have a lot of information and ideas and they're all rattling around in your head. You might also have knowledge gaps. And so a brain dump is a great way to get it all out of your head and into a format where you can actually sort through it. There are many different brain dump techniques and use whichever one you're used to or whichever one is most suitable for the way you think. But I think that because you're going to sort through the information afterwards, that post-it notes are probably the best because you can actually physically pick them up and you can move them around and you can see them. But that's me. I just like that sort of physicality of being able to move them around. If you're happier in a Word doc or if you're happier with digital mind map software, whatever it is, all that matters is you get everything out of your head and then you can cluster it and move it around and deal with it afterwards. You might also want to brain dump onto a large sheet of paper first. And then you can actually write out the ideas that you want to keep onto the post-it notes. And then when you've got that brain dump, you can see what's useful and what's not. Step four is to arrange your ideas into nine clusters. 
Once you've exhausted every idea that you've got around your topic, it's time to group them. Why nine? This is the question I get asked all the time, especially by my friend Kimber, who loves the number 11. The fact is humans can retain groupings of three more easily than other numbers. By creating a nine-step plan, you can actually group them into three sets of three. So by that logic, you could also do 12 if you're covering a really detailed topic. If you can't get someone a result in nine steps, you're probably trying to teach them too much. If you've got plans for a 36-step program, you might want to break off the first nine steps and just teach that to start with. And then if you help someone achieve a result first, then you can move them into the next nine modules, like a second-tier course or a more advanced course. But nine is a really neat number and it breaks off into three sets of three and it just really works. Unless you've got a really good idea that has to go longer than that, I really would strongly emphasize that you try and break it down into nine clusters. Step five is to design a result for each of your nine steps. Now that you've got your content grouped into those nine clusters, you can actually work on a mini transformation for each step. So think of these modules as like mini courses. In my creative funnel formula, for example, step one is this. It's all about finding your signature solution. Even if you don't proceed any further along the framework, you've already got a result. You start with a problem, which is not knowing how to bring order and organization to your topic. And then by the end of the module, you've created your visual framework and your nine-step method. For some people, that might be all the result they need. That's the mini result for the first step. Step six is to edit your brain dump. When you did your brain dump in step three, chances are you've written down some ideas which don't fit into your nine-step framework at all. Now is the time to scrunch up those post-it notes. You might also realize that your post-its are a bit light on for some of the steps. I call these knowledge gaps. You might know you need a module about social media, for example, in order to get your audience from A to B, but that might not be your area of expertise. You can work it out later by adding to your knowledge as you need it, or you might want to invite topic experts to contribute. Amy Porterfield, for example, she has other guest tutors that teach the tricky tech steps as part of her Digital Course Academy, for example, because the course software, that's not her area of expertise but she knows that her audience is going to need those skills in order to build their online courses and their email lists. So she invites those experts in. There's no problem there, but by doing the post-it notes, you're going to identify that there's actually a knowledge gap that needs filling. Step seven is to create a series of action steps for each of your modules. This step is where the rubber meets the road. You're actually creating a series of action steps for each of your modules to achieve the result you've promised in your framework. And so if you stick with three per module for now, you can always elaborate as you unpack the content, but take it from me. Don't start with 27 action steps. That means you've practically outlined the program already. Step eight is to give your framework a name. There are many ways to name your framework, but these six are my favorite. So number one is the result is in the time. Step eight is to give your framework a name. Now there are many ways that you could name your framework, but these six methods are my favorite. Number one is the result is in the title naming strategy. So, you know, learn brush lettering by my friends Carla and Barbara. The second method is the guides, secrets or blueprints naming strategy. So, for example, the beginner's guide to WordPress or the secrets of successful baking. Then there's the A to B naming strategy. So, fat to fit or less work, more productivity. You have the, the start and the transformation in the name. The signature solution naming strategy is probably what I've been using. So the creative funnel formula is like my signature solution name. Aaron Fletcher has the Fletcher method. So it's named after him. Number five is the easy peasy naming strategy. So email marketing made easy or ballroom dancing 101. 
And then number six is the say it like it is naming strategy. So you might have the Etsy Academy or social media for watercolor artists. What I do whenever I'm trying to come up with a name for my framework or my course is I literally try all six. I just have a bash at each of the six different styles or methods, and then I pick whichever one has come out the best. And then the final step is to just fill out your signature solution framework. Now that you've got a name for your framework or your course, you've got all of the modules, you've got your overall promise, and you've got a result for each module, you can now fill in the framework. And this visual framework, it outlines your promise to your audience, and it actually makes a great sales tool, and it keeps you and your customers on track throughout the whole process. Once it's there visually, it's something that you can look at all the time to remind you where you're at when you're creating all your sales and marketing assets. And it also helps your audience follow along. If they're on a journey, they'd like a map of the journey and it gives them that visual map that they can follow. And if you want to see one in action, if you head to my website, I've actually got the creative funnel formula is outlined as a signature framework as a visual model on my website. I hope this episode has helped persuade you to think about packaging your skills and experience into a signature program or a method. Now that you know the steps, how will you package your knowledge? Head over to dominiquefowler.com forward slash blog forward slash episode 42 for all the links mentioned in the show notes. And I'll be back next week with another episode of the Creative Spark podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and want to go a little deeper, head over to dominiquefowler.com for all the resources mentioned in the episode. Please also head over to Apple or Spotify podcasts and leave a rating and a review. Remember to subscribe while you're there because it's easy to miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and I'll be back again next week with another spark to light up your creative business.